And welcome back to another edition of the On the Board Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C., coming to you from Long Island, New York, on Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. And what a crazy time it's been since the last time I've come to you and talked to you about just basically the New York sports scene, I guess, in general, right? That the Islanders, they keep on winning games, albeit... You know, they wound up losing to Washington, and now they're on a very important road trip in California to go up against the Kings, the Ducks, and the Sharks, the Jets. Their saga free agency starts up on Wednesday, but at that same point in time, we've seen some crazy moves, and we also saw some some crazy news uh, come out that kind of got rescinded and pushed to the wayside. Now we're waiting for it, and that news is... Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see what happens there. We'll get into that. We'll also talk about baseball here too, uh, to that extent, and maybe a little bit of basketball here. And I know I have a limited amount of time, but I guess we'll make this uh, we'll make this work out. Let's start off here with the Jets because that's the sexy story right now. That's the way on how everything's being talked about in the NFL. And free agency started up. And the Jets' number one need right now. And I I talked about it. I was on WFAN earlier uh, on Monday with Carton and Roberts. And I mentioned uh, on a phone call that, hey, you know, this Jet offensive line isn't that good right now. And they lost out on Connor McGovern to believe the Bills were, you know, Dallas, one of the two. I think it was Buffalo. That he's going to. So anyway, I mentioned it that the offensive line isn't good. Carton comes back and mentions to me that oh, Mackay Becton looks sexy. He looks great. He looks he looks good. And I'm saying to myself, you know, yeah, I've seen the photos. He looks great. He looks phenomenal. But at that same point in time, is he going to stay healthy during the course of a 17 game stretch? Carton comes back and asks, you know. Would Aaron Rodgers choose here? And I said to him, listen, it's his choice. It's his choice. It's Rodgers' choice to come here if he wants to or if he wants to go play for Green Bay or if he just wants to say, you know what, I've had enough with football. I'm done. And then I pointed it out to Evan Roberts. Hey, you know, let's say if if it doesn't work out with Rodgers. You know, you mentioned, you know, Lamar. Baker Mayfield's out there. Sam Darnold is out there too. Would you consider bringing back Sam? And he said, no, he would go out. I disagree with him on that notion because with Lamar, you're giving up a lot of first round draft picks, probably the minimum two. And that's what Baltimore is looking at right now. So he mentioned it. He goes on and on and on. I'll get to my why Lamar Jackson rant wouldn't work here. And I wound up getting hung up on just like that. Listening to it five minutes later, not even five minutes later, Craig talks to Evan and says, hey, Trey Wingo just came out with a tweet saying that Rodgers to the Jets is complete. And this guy, Trey Wingo, respected ESPN analyst, went out the other day and said, hey, you know, Woody Johnson, he's got the insight. Woody Johnson and Jets Brass, 
is going and meeting up with Aaron Rodgers in California. Okay. You know, maybe where there's fuel, there's, you know, there's fire on this. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire, excuse me. So everybody on Twitter is going crazy. Oh, my God, we're getting Rodgers. You know, this this is true. Is it true? I can't believe it. And I needed, a, I needed like, Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter to confirm it because those guys usually when they – when you get – a headline like that, you got to confirm that it's true. And Ian Rappaport, who I met at an Islander game, nice guy, always on the phone. And I mean, always on the phone. Like you think that he's getting the te- he's getting these text messages. It's legit. And Rappaport comes out and says it's not true. And then I'm scrolling up and down on social media, and then the next thing you know, I see. It tweet with a picture of uh Schefter on the phone with a friend. I'm saying to myself, oh my God, what's this guy's th- thinking right now or trying to tweet or say? And then, you know, he said that there's some, you know, progress or some indication that Rogers is going to be a jet. Now we're all waiting in the dark here. And it's Tuesday at around 530 in the morning as I'm recording this. And still there's no sign of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets or Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay or Aaron Rodgers retiring. So right now we're all left in the dark. And, you know, all the free agent quarterbacks now are off the board at this point from what we've seen. Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he's going to Las Vegas. He's looks like he's agreed to a deal there. Um, You look at Derek Carr. Derek Carr's gone. He's off the board completely. Mike White. He's off the board completely going to Miami um, for two years, 16 mil. Good for him. Always wanted to see him get his money and would have loved to have seen him as a Jet. But if there's an opportunity for you out there, you take that opportunity and you play it. And then you look at Sam Darnold getting one year. And I've gotten a couple of people telling me, oh, he sucks. The guy, if the guy sucked, he wouldn't be in the league right now. So that's just me. And maybe he can catch something. He can catch lightning in a bottle at that point. You know, West Coast offense going back home, playing for the 49ers, a team that was one win away from making it to the Super Bowl and making things interesting. But having said all that right now, you know, Darnold, he he is where he is. And, you know, as, as a Jet fan and seeing where this Aaron Rodgers saga is going, I said it, I tweeted it out there, and I firmly believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to still be a New York Jet. But having said all that right now, with everything that's gone on, I don't know. I don't know what what I'm feeling. I really personally don't know um, what I'm feeling from Jets ownership, from Rodgers, you know, from where we're going here. We're all left in the dark. As Jet fans. And that's not good. That's not good. And I'll tell you this right now. I still feel confident that he's going to be a Jet. But would it surprise me if like New England came out of nowhere and sent Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft up there to California to basically say, hey, you know, do you want to play for us? 
and that would be like you know such a shot shot in the stomach such a kick in the balls to be a jet fan right there but you know if also too like i was looking at it from this perspective like if you're aaron rodgers if somebody came up to you and said if you wanted to be known as one of the greats of all time you'd go to the jets look at the history that the jets have had they've had good teams over the course of time i mean we look at after Namath. you can talk about the sack exchange with lions klecko gastineau salam and you could talk about wesley walker and you know freeman mcneil and al toon and all those guys right ken o'brien those 80s jets right then you could talk about you know like the 2000s jets like the the late 90s 2000s jets when they had Vinny and curtis and uh you know kevin mawaya center and you know wayne Krebet, Keyshawn before he got traded and then they had the you know the resurgence with john abraham sean ellis you know anthony beck all those guys there and then you look at you know years later the brick mangold pennington uh, you know, Sanchez, Thomas Jones, you know, Lavernius Coles obviously being here too, Santana Moss. Like the Jets had chances to go out there and make it to the Super Bowl, but with unforeseen injuries, circumstances, the way how the season played out, some seasons played out, it is what it is. And then, you know, the 2010s roll around and here we are. But, you know, the longest, think about that, like the longest playoff drought if you were to bring this team, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you got to see that history, and then you say to yourself, wow, you know, the, this is the longest playoff drought in the NFL right now. And if I could break that and have a chance to go with the Jets to the playoffs with the defensive-minded head coach and Rob Sala, you know, why not? And these players actually, like, kind of respect them. I mean, why not? Why not go for it? And then in, in the greatest of all time category – He's one of the greats to do it ever, no doubt. But it would cement him as maybe like a top three, top five quarterback if he were to go out there and win it all with the Jets. I mean, think about that from a storyline perspective, right? But, you know, I digress. The Jets, they've also, speaking of which, they've managed to maneuver the cap a little bit by restructuring some deals, John Franklin Myers being one. It uh, looks like Kevin, uh, you know, Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzoma, you know, DJ Reed. They all took, they all took a restructured deal. So now I think with the way how it's looking right now, with the way how Green Bay has said it in the public eye, how they don't want Aaron Rodgers. I think now, and this is why I still feel confident about Rodgers going to the Jets. And I've had some people text me too over the course of time saying, Will, you know, you're going on a full 180 with Aaron Rodgers. You know, how come you want Rodgers now? Because I see this team and I see the fans and I see the ownership going out. And I know what I said about Rodgers earlier, but at the end of the day, if you can get Aaron Rodgers here. 
And, you know, yeah, I see a lot of the Brett Favre situation in 2008 happening. But for me, you go out there and you get Aaron Rodgers. This guy can literally change this the culture of how the Jets are perceived next year and maybe next year if he stays. But also there's the risk of him retiring and then we're left with nothing. So, you know, it, it's it's something to, to see and to, to behold here. But the bottom line is if you're a Jet fan right now, like I said, we're in un, unknown, unprecedented times. Like we're left in the dark right now until Aaron Rodgers and his camp says, you know what? I want to go to New York. I want to be a Jet and I want to wear the green and white. And that's something that I personally look at and I say to myself, all right, you got something. But for now, it's uh, it's not looking good. It's looking good from my perspective, but we're all left in the dark. I still think he's going to be a Jet. I still do, but we'll see. Um, moving on from the Jets over to the football, from the football from the uh to the hockey the islanders right now they lost on saturday by a final of five to one uh still six two and one without matt barzell and they've been playing rather relatively well and i know what i said on last on the last podcast episode but matt barzell is still a difference maker you could see it when he skates i still firmly believe that you could see it when he you know when he's out there on the ice and when the Islanders don't play without him, you know, it was nice to see this team go out there and and win some of these games, but this team needs Matt Barzell back. They do. And you're going now to California and Matt Barzell isn't coming back anytime soon. looks like he's probably going to be out for another couple of weeks, maybe up until the playoffs. If the Islanders do take advantage of their situation, they got to go to California tonight play up against the Kings at Staples Center. And they got to go to Anaheim and play the Ducks, then travel up the coast to San Jose and play the Sharks at the SAP Center, the Shark Tank, where the Sharks, they give them a rough time up in, in San Jose and vice versa here in, you know, in Los Angeles when when they're when they're going to be going up against the Kings. Like I said before in the previous episode, they didn't, the last time they've won was in 2018 at the beginning of that 2018-19 season. And before that was, I believe, like 2002, 2003, one of those years. It's been a long time. Kings own the Islanders in Los Angeles. So this is a make-or-break road trip right now for this team. And we're going to see what happens here uh, coming down the stretch. Do I believe that the Islanders are going to get some points here? Of course. Anaheim has been terrible, you know, the goalie situation over there, it is what it is. They really don't have any sort of defense there. And Zegris, albeit he's having himself an okay year, it, he's not, you know, going over the hump. And then the Sharks, what they did at the deadline, we heard a lot about Eric Carlson. He didn't get traded. Timo Meyer's gone. But there's still a team that can give, you know, fits. They could play spoiler down the stretch. Toronto is coming up too at the end of this road trip, but we'll talk about that on Friday after these two games are played in 
the Los Angeles area. So I feel confident that the Islanders will at least get a couple wins out of this trip. We'll see. I wouldn't be shocked here either if this team goes, you know, 1-1-1 or 1-0-2 in this span. Wouldn't surprise me. Would not surprise me at all if that happens in in that three-game span. You have probably four points that you could pick up on if you're the Islanders right now, but we'll see. Um, and then we look at, too, like guys coming back. Cal Clutterbuck came back on Saturday night. I thought he looked all right to an extent. Uh, Koivla body in, low, looked like a lower body injury, I guess, from what uh, Lane Lambert was saying. He's going to be uh, day-to-day, either that or he's back down the Bridgeport up until J.G. Pajot comes back. So to get back a guy like Pajot, another Swiss Army knife, definitely helps out on this road trip, helps out uh, close the year and maybe make a surprise run in the playoffs. But I don't know like what else to say uh, at that point in time. But they have been playing rather relatively well uh, without Barzi, Pajot, and, Cl- excuse me, and Clutterbuck. So... We'll see what happens there. But, you know, to look at tonight, you know, you look at the Kings. They're second in the Pacific Division. Just want to give a little recap here. Uh, Goals against 3.27. You know, they just traded Jonathan Quick away, and they got, uh, I guess, Corpusalo and another guy uh, as well from Columbus. Uh, Their power play, top five in the league, definitely – their speed and the way how they move the puck is definitely something to watch. And then you look at their penalty kill, 23rd, not the best, but the Island, it's like a flip with the Islanders. Power play is 28th, and their penalty kill just keeps on rising up. They're fourth in the league right now. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But it's uh, it's pretty crazy. It's definitely pretty crazy right now being an Islander fan and this is the point of this point of the year right now where other teams are losing games. Buffalo wound up losing games. Ottawa with the acquisitions that they've gotten, they've dropped three of their last four meetings. Buffalo, like I said before, oh three and one in that span. You know, the Panthers are only three points back of the Islanders right now. So this is the Islanders spot to lose here at this point in time. It is. And if they could build up some sort of, you know, some sort of uh, distance in between points wise, I think the Islanders are going to be looking good for the playoffs, but we'll, we'll see what happens there, but it should be uh very interesting. Uh, you know, the games in hand stuff really doesn't matter unless the Islanders keep on winning. If not, then the games in hand do matter uh, for that extent. But I, I don't know. I don't know, like, how else to say it. I don't know how else to put it. But this is the Islanders make it or break it type of thing. They have, they hold their own destiny right now in the palm of their hand. So it's definitely something that uh, needs to be addressed for sure to win these games in California, but no tough, no easy feat 
to say the very least. All right, Chirucci with you here on the On the Board Sports Podcast. And, you know, real quickly here, baseball, Yankees. Seeing about it, hearing about it, the season's coming up. Can it be baseball season already? I mean, we got the World Baseball Classic going on. I feel like, you know, with the fans, we're all antsy here in New York, okay? We're all antsy here in New York for sure. But having said all this right now, with the way how it is with the Yankees, you know, who's going to make this roster? We talked about this at nauseum. And, you know, for me, we see it. The, the boys just want to see this come up opening day, play up against the Giants, and then just see what happens right after that. But they still got to figure out what's going on. Um, You know, you got Debbie Garcia impressing in spring training for the Yankees. You got, you know, Anthony Volpe raking. You got Jason Dominguez raking. But I think they're going to start the year off in the minors because Cashman and company, they want to keep these guys under team control for another year as opposed to losing their rights when their time for free agency rolls around. A la what, like I said before, what the Cubs did with Chris Bryant, what the Tampa Bay Rays did with Evan Longoria back in 2008. You know, it's, it's really something to see. No doubt. We'll see what happens. Lots of injuries too. Harrison Bader hurt. Um, you know, the Aaron Hicks saga with him playing left field looks like he he lost out on another ball. People on social media are going absolutely gaga and ballistic over that. Uh, you know, you got, you know, IKF coming over here again for another year. You know, we don't know what we're getting from Donaldson. You know, the whole Glaber Torres uh, situation along with uh, DJ LeMahieu, again, it's something that is worth repeating, but this team needs needs some sort of consistency here. Anthony Rizzo coming back helps, but I don't know. You know, I don't know, like, how else to say it, how else to put it, but the Yankees right now, they're like in the middle of – of everything. It's a perfect storm for them. They have the talent, but they have to build on it right now. Making it to the ALCS last year and losing in fourth to the eventual World Series champion Houston Astros doesn't cut it because there's high expectations here, especially with the pitching staff here too. You know, they got to figure out ways to to get on base and and do all that, but uh, I'm I'm not necessarily worried about that. I think they'll be fine uh, coming out. Opening day's right around the corner, and then we got the Mets here too. Uh, Brandon Nimmo coming out with the comments saying, uh, you know, how he just wants opening day to be here and playing for the Mets would be a lot, would mean a lot at this point instead of being in the WBC, I guess. Uh, that would be something uh, – to see, uh, are they going to, you know, with the Lindor situation, the Alonzo saga, you know, the, you know, the, the Japanese pitcher that they signed, uh, 
again, it's an exciting time here. Cody Senga, you know, you got Verlander here. You got Max Scherzer here. You got Lindor. You know, you got Francisco Alvarez, you know, at the catcher position. It's really something for the Met fan. You want to see Starlin Marte play. You want to see these guys play and, and, you know, and just do it. But for me, man, like I think Quintana being hurt, and then you got uh, you know, you got Brett Beatty, you got Tommy Pham being over here, Robertson coming over here too. You know, it the Mets are gonna be the fa- one of the favorites in the end, at least. No doubt. And every Met fan wants to see uh this team go out there and play. Everybody wants to see the Mets play. And with the amount of hype that's around this team, I haven't seen this much hype around a Mets team. Like from from spring training on, like maybe 2005, 2006. You know, I remember like 2015 being like, all right, you know, it's something. 2016, they won it all. They they won the NL pennant in 2015, and they're trying to build up on that. You know, 2017, you know, they, they're trying to build up off of making it off the wild card and losing the Giants in 16. But, like, I haven't seen this hi- hype like this in a really long time from Mets, if not ever from the Mets. So we'll see uh, what happens there with the Mets. And it should be something – Really, really fun uh, watching these guys play. All right. We're going to move on from baseball. Try to do that a little bit quickly, I guess, to the NBA. This is going to be the last thing that I'll talk about here, the NBA right now. And for me, I haven't really paid attention to the NBA. A lot of things have been going on uh, in the NBA right now. But I'm going to say this. And there's a lot of parity in the league. There is. There is a lot of parity in the National Basketball Association right now. Because, you know, with everything that's going on, you got obviously the favorites right now in the you know, in the NBA, right? You got the Golden State Warriors, you got the Celtics trying to trying to play and, and do what they got to do. Milwaukee's one of the best teams in the league. They're in first in the Eastern Conference. Boston second, Philadelphia third. Cleveland with Donovan Mitchell and the resurgence of the Cavaliers. They're in fourth. Then you got the Battle of New York right now. Brooklyn at the beginning of the year with all the hype and hoopla surrounding KD and Durant, uh, Kyrie, excuse me, you know, they're all right there in the mix. And and it they trade away both their stars. And there's still somehow a fifth seed, believe it or not. Uh, you know, then you look at the Knicks, they're trying to fight their way up. Uh, and then you look at the borderline right there that cuts it off. Then they're going to be playing each other seven through ten. So you got seven and the 10th seed going up against each other at the playoffs where to end today. Miami, the seventh seed, would be playing up against Chicago. The 10th seed 
the eighth and ninth seed, Atlanta with Trey Young going in and out, you know, crazy Toronto. You know, we've been hearing coming and going all that with with some of the trades that they've done. And then you look at the teams that are like right on the cusp of making it to the playoffs. The, the Wizards are right there and the Pacers are right there. And then the Magic, man, year in and year out, you get to see these guys with some of their young picks. You know, Mobamba, uh, you know, they had Oladipo back in the day. That didn't really work out for them. Uh, they had Markel Fultz, too. That really didn't work out. And they're fighting for it. Charlotte, no LaMelo ball. He's hurt. Not good there situation. And then Detroit. Just uh, one of the worst teams in the league for sure. And then you look at the Western Conference now. You got Denver. They're losers of three in a row. Memphis, second place. The whole John Morant saga. What's going on up there? Uh, what's going on down there, excuse me, in Memphis? Uh, really, really shocking. Uh, but they're still in second. And they're winners of three in a row. Then you look at the Kings. I got to say, growing up with Jason Williams and then Mike Bibby with Chris Webber, Hidu Turkoglu, Vlade Divox, you know, Peja, to see that team play. And then they barely make it in 05-06. And I know I'm dating myself here. And then they haven't made it to the playoffs since then uh, at that point in time. And then to see, you know, a team like this, in Sacramento with De'Aaron Fox leading the way. Kudos to Sacramento. After moving out from the Arco Arena now to Sleep Train Arena or whatever they call it now up in Sacramento, definitely a place where it looks like basketball has been revitalized up there. And that's something that you want to see in the state capital. So good for them. Uh, Phoenix, the big four that they got now after the trade with Durant and having Booker, CP3, and DeAndre Ayton over there. They could be a team that can potentially do some damage. People overhype the Golden State Warriors here with Steph Curry. You know, I'm sorry, even though they were the champs last year. You know, they overhype the Warriors a little bit too much. Not a fan of Stephen Curry. I'm a fan of his shooting, but just the person overall, not a fan of. Uh, the Clippers, they're fighting for a position right now. And then you look at the play-in spots from here, 7 through 10, you got the Timberwolves, A-Rod's team, fighting through. Dallas with Luka, I thought maybe they would do a little bit more there. But with Kyrie and that saga going on with Luka, you know, who knows what's going on over there. The Lakers are trying to fight their way back in the playoff position. And keep in mind, too, with New Orleans and you're looking at New Orleans and uh, OKC tied for that 10th spot. You look at Los Angeles and where they are right now. They're only like four and a game, four and a half games out. And this is without LeBron. So if you're a Laker fan right now watching this and seeing with what everything what's going on, if and I know they got D'Angelo Russell, but if they can go out there and play hard every game, and the injuries have been a killer, and because of the the roster building that has been accomplished because of LeBron and AD being there with their contract situation, you know, not having the, the role players that they have up there. 
if they could close out the year and make it as as a six seed, watch out, man. Maybe even a fifth seed, watch out. But if not, I mean, the best case scenario right now for them is, you know, play. You see what happens, and you know, you reevaluate during the off season. But as as a basketball fan right now, there is a lot of parity, and there are no favorites in the NBA. No favorites. So. All right, that's pretty much about it. And we're going to wait until the Aaron Rodgers saga hits. Uh, the Islanders, they play later on tonight at 1030 in Los Angeles, City of Angels. And, uh, you know, wherever you're listening to this, wherever you may be, just God bless you. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out. Stay safe out there wherever you are.